What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, evangelization, catechesis, discipleship, and the list goes on and on and on. I will then sit with your questions, pray with them, study, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's good for you to become a saint, to grow in your relationship with Jesus, but... My disclaimer is this, I'm not perfect, and therefore the advice that I share with you that I give to you might not be good for you. If that's the case, then please reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to become a saint. But if my advice is helpful and difficult, then I want to encourage you to lean into God in prayer and study and fellowship so that the Lord can give you the graces you may need over time to fulfill the demands of discipleship. If this is your first time listening to the show, or if you are a recurring listener and you want to send me your own criticism, questions, critiques, concerns, feedback, glory stories, etc., you can do so at www.ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh, A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats. That helps other people to find out about the show if it's helpful for you, potentially, it can become a gift for them as well. And if you want to stay in touch with me, you can buy my books through Ascension Press, Broken and Blessed, An Invitation to My Generation, Pocket Guide to the Sacrament of Reconciliation that I co-authored with Father Mike Schmitz, and uh, Pocket Guide to Adoration. And we are super excited because we have a new program that's coming out soon called Connected. It's about Catholic social teachings. And so if you are at all interested in learning about the church's best kept secret, uh, it's Catholic social teaching. And in this program, we show how everything's connected. Everything's connected. Abortion, uh, racism, capital punishment, the environment, the family, uh, like literally everything is connected with each other. And if we don't reverence one, uh, then everything else is going to fall apart. So the Lord invites us to to be concerned with everything that he's concerned with, to think with his mind, to feel with his heart, to act with his body. And this program hopefully will be a tool to help you to do that in a better way in your walk toward becoming saints. So today's topics for the show, what are they? Restoring holy masculinity is one of them. Uh, attending non-Catholic weddings whenever it is involving a Catholic, uh, but it's not in a church. And also, uh, what's the difference between good vibes and intercessory prayers? Yeah, those are the topics. But before we get into those topics, I want to share with you a glory story. So my glory story is it's quite simple. It is just, again, ah, prayer. We need to pray. We must pray. Mm. Yeah, prayer is just everything. I got to spend uh, this, this past week with the community of Jesus Christ crucified, and they are doing so many beautiful works in their community. They have so many great services to the poor. They're joyful. They're charitable. They're hospitable. But it all flows from their prayer. They pray three hours a day. And from their interior life comes all these good works. And I think that in our church in general, we're not seeing a lot of transformation in the communities of our geographical boundaries. And part of the reason in my mind is because 
in many places and spaces in the church, at least in America, a lot of our people and our leaders are not rooted in prayer. Prayer. So we must pray. I got to spend this time with them. I was so inspired by them, but I was even more inspired by their interior life, by their prayer, by their love for Jesus. And yeah, I'm just, uh, prayer is everything. Prayer must precede everything. Prayer must follow everything. Prayer must be a part of everything. Jesus. Mm. Speaking of prayer, Stancil writes me some feedback. Hey, Father Josh, I don't have a question. I just want to say thank you. I just want to say that I'm thankful for having you. All right, so I'm currently a Presbyterian and I'm looking into the Catholic Church. Well, praise God. Look on, look on. My brother's a Catholic and asked me if I wanted to go to adoration with him. Well, I was listening to your podcast and when he asked me and you were answering a question, you said you should go to adoration. Needless to say, I did and I really enjoyed it. Thank you again. I look forward to each of your podcast stands. So I praise God. I love how you perceived uh, the Lord like kind of answer you through the podcast. I think God is trying to talk to us at all times, like all the time. And sometimes we like to limit God to our holy hour. And we're like, all right, I'm going to pray for 30 minutes or an hour. And I, I'm going to talk, but I expect God to talk in that 30 minutes to an hour. And sometimes God just wants to chill. Just chill. Just chill. He wants to settle down. And and we want him to talk, but we can't control God. We cannot manipulate God. God is free. It's like we're free. We can't manipulate people. We can't make people do what we want them to do either. And so sometimes God wants to just be with us during that time of prayer. And then he wants to talk to us throughout the day, through our teachers, through our classmates, through our coworkers, through our family members, through our friends, through our podcasts that we're listening to, through books that we're reading, whether religious or secular, through the television, through whatever, whoever. God is always trying to talk to us. But unless we are giving him that time set apart in prayer, we might not be able to perceive what he's saying. So I'm so happy that you were able to perceive God speak to you even through this podcast. That's such a gift. And he drew to adoration. That's the best place to be. There's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be than hearing your love, hearing your love. And with that being said, there's no place I'd rather be than answering your questions. So let's jump into today's show. first question comes in from anonymous it's about restoring holy masculinity Father josh i feel like you are very real uh see i'm searching for that real thing and i don't want to go and about the world is high and low and still love never shows real love i'm searching for that real love with current issues in the church. And I have had a question about something that has been on my heart for a while. St. John Paul the Great says, it is the duty of every man to uphold the dignity of every woman. I feel like the men in our church are not doing this. How do we uplift the men in our church to uphold the dignity of women and respect them? Many women I've spoken with and myself have had numerous situations at church and young adult events where men have made us extremely uncomfortable. Many to the point that they don't feel comfortable going to mass alone or to their parish. I made an appointment with my pastor to discuss this, and he basically said, don't worry about it. My diocese is one of many in the country who is recovering from years of sex abuse uh, that is being swept under the rug. And now when there are situations not to the extreme, but still not acceptable, they continue to ignore them. 
I feel like there is a sad culture in our church where men are not doing what St. John Paul the Great says. I'm so concerned we are in for another crisis if we do not build up the men in our church and start treating women properly. How do we teach and build up Catholic men? Thank you, Anonymous. That's a great question. Before I answer, I first want to apologize on behalf of all men that you and other women in your community have felt uncomfortable around men um, and that even to the point of not feeling comfortable going to mass or to your own parishes, like that's so sad and um, disappointing. And so I promise you, I will pray for you and for your community and for the men in your community, for for the angels of God to begin to minister to you and to them so that there can be renewal and restoration in your land. As I prayed about your question, I have a unique response. I had a bunch of things I wanted to say, but I think this is where I want to settle. I would love for you to invite women to speak and to share with men what we don't know. I think sometimes men do things and have no idea how inappropriate we're being, how just, yeah, not cool what we're doing or saying is to other people in our community. And sometimes guys just don't know. And so I think if there was a time or a place or a space where whether even in your own parish or uh, to put together a theology on tap where this lady's talked and were able to just share specific examples of things that have happened to them, words that men have said to them, ways that men have looked at them or what they've not said or not done and how that's affected you, how it's made you feel. And uh, you don't have to do this. Again, this will require some vulnerability, but I think that it could be helpful. I think a lot of guys are just clueless. They just don't, don't, don't even know, have no idea that what they're doing is hurting the body of Christ, have no idea that their words or actions are having a negative impact or effect on other people in the community. Um, yeah, and I, until someone shares, hey, this is what you said, this is what you did, and this is how it made me feel, uh, the future is not going to change. There's a method that I often give couples in marriage prep called FFF, Facts, Feelings, Future. Like, lay the facts down. Here are the facts. This is how it made me feel. What can we do in the future so we don't have to feel this way ever again? I think that would be really very helpful. Uh, I see this in marriages a lot. I see this in marriages so many times where the woman is hurting so much and and the husband has no idea and he thinks he's being a good husband, but he's he's just tearing her heart and like piercing her heart daily. So I would encourage the bride to pull out what's best in the, the bridegroom. Right? I often think about John, the beloved disciple, you know, and the garden of Gethsemane, he left Jesus. He abandoned Christ. And then at some point he came back and he was at the foot of the cross with Mary. I think tradition holds that it's because he ran into Mary and Mary pulled out what was best in him. Mary pulled out his masculine genius. The feminine genius brought out the masculine genius. Um, and it helped him to be faithful to Jesus at the foot of the cross, to persevere um, in prayer with Christ, to uh, to protect Mary, to provide for her after the death of Jesus. Uh, and so I would encourage that maybe for women to share. And even if you don't have a platform like in your parish setting or at Theology on Tap to maybe make YouTube videos, or if there's guys that you know one-on-one that you feel comfortable with, uh, like writing a letter to and or sitting down with over coffee or in a safe place, in a safe environment, a couple of girls take a guy out and say like, hey, like this is what you said, this is what you did, this is how it made us feel. Maybe you didn't know, maybe he did know, uh, but but we want to help you because uh, we don't want this to happen to other people in the future. So we need to establish some boundaries that uh, will help protect us, but it'll also help you not hurt other people in the future. And I would encourage those men to seek out witnesses. I think St. Pope Paul VI says that the world today no longer listens to teachers. The world listens to witnesses. If they listen to a teacher, it's because a teacher was, in fact, a witness first and foremost. And so there's so many great witnesses and a cloud of witnesses and the saints like John Paul the Great to look at his life um, like St. Joseph, to look at the way that he treated Mary um, and so many others. There's just so many phenomenal men, saints who 
can be witnesses of virtue. Um, but we got to be patient, right? It takes time. It takes time for guys to grow. It takes time for women to grow, all of us to grow, right? Um, and so pray and fast for them uh, and maybe share in a safe place and space and then encourage them to seek out witnesses. We can't learn the game of baseball unless we go watch baseball. I can tell you about baseball all day long, but until I see it, I can't play it. I can't play basketball until I, I watch a game. You can tell me about the rules, but until I witness a game, I ain't going to play it. I think the same thing applies for like virtuous men. I, I think until we see men who are holy and virtuous, we can be in our head a lot. Until we see the way a, a guy treats his wife. There's one of my good friends, Herb Flood. He's such a good husband and such a good father. He treats his wife with so much dignity and respect. His kids follow suit. Their three sons treat their mother with so much respect as well, Lisa. And the way he talks about her is always beautiful. He never... He never talks bad about her. He, he never disrespects her. He stands up whenever she leaves the room. He sits like just the way that he has taught his sons to treat the mother and the way he treats his wife is so beautiful. And so being around like good witnesses in the world as well, not in the saints, but finding like healthy, holy marriages and our healthy, holy priests as well, who treat their bride, the church well, I think could be helpful for men in general. Um, and then again, encouraging them to pray because uh, prayer changes us. Prayer suppresses vices. Prayer cultivates virtues. So yeah, those are some of my, some of my thoughts. All right, next question, speaking of prayer, is what's the problem with good vibes? Uh, hey, Father Josh, I've been struggling on how to explain to my mom, who's become very consumed by the modern world, why we shouldn't say, I'm sending good vibes. Feel the vibration. I know it is something that we should avoid as Catholics, and instead you instead say, you're my prayers, but I don't know how to explain it. Can you explain to me why we don't say good vibes and what the church teaches on this? Thank you so much. All right, it's a little, all right, so again, the church doesn't have a specific teaching about the word good vibes, but we do have teaching about new age movement. So I'm going to tell you a few stories and then that's going to help me to like jump into your question about good vibes. So when I was, uh, after high school, I went to Southern university for a bit. Then I worked at the post office for a little bit. And when I was working at the post office, one of my coworkers, when they said to me, she was like, yeah, I'm Catholic and I'm also Baptist. And I'm also Muslim. And I remember I said to her like, Whoa, like, uh, can you explain how, how, how you're Catholic, Baptist, and a Muslim? I mean, like, because first of all, like, all right, Catholics and Baptists have a lot in common. We both believe Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. Uh, we love the Bible, uh, presumably. We believe in the Bible that is inerrant, inspired, that it is the Word of God. We believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Like, there's so much that we have in common, but like, Baptists don't believe in the sacraments. Baptists don't believe in the papacy. Baptists don't believe in purgatory. Baptists don't believe that. Uh, we have scripture and tradition. They believe in scripture alone. Uh, there's just so many differences between Catholics and Baptists. So how can you say I'm Catholic, which means I ascribe to these beliefs and this faith, and I'm also Baptist, which says that that you don't subscribe to those beliefs. How can you say you're Christian, which is Catholic and Baptist, and also at the same time Muslim? You know, Muslims believe in Jesus, but they don't believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. They believe he was just a prophet. So like, how can, and, and I remember she got really upset with me and offended in her her other community began to like jump on my like you can't you need to quit judging like, i said i ain't judging nobody i'm asking a question i'm trying to understand help me understand help me know what i don't know again in seminary i was doing some work with a person who was uh transgender and was uh active in witchcraft and then began to tell me that he was also a catholic and i was like yeah like so you're telling me that you worship this uh spirit of kuntalani uh the snake spirit uh, and you're saying you also worship god Jesus Christ, but like you can't do both end. You got to, it's not like there's some things that are either or, or there's something that are, some things are both end, right? Some things are both end in life, but not when it comes to like this. It's like you can't say I am Catholic and I'm also a witch. Like they don't go together. 
So this is where I'm getting at with vibrations, good vibes. Good vibes is rooted in Eastern spirituality, not Christian spirituality. So uh, I can't claim that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior and believe that he is the one who is sufficient for me if I'm claiming that my own vibrations are sufficient for myself and for others as well. I'm inadequate. I'm limited. I don't have what it takes. Good vibes is basically an assertion that I can send you things in and of my own power without the power of Christ, that I have vibes within me that can bring me to fulfillment apart from God, that I am enough and I'm not. I'm not sufficient and neither are you. We are finite and only an infinite God can fully satisfy us, quench our thirst and satiate the ache we have in our heart. So historically, Eastern religions um, have this spiritual awakening system in which they believe in these things called vibrations. This is a longer word of vibes. So basically everything in the universe has vibrations. It all vibrates uh, at its own like frequency. And so the aim is to live in such a way that we connect ourselves to higher vibrations in quote unquote the universe. And as we do this, we can elevate our vibrations and fully realize our potential, which is like our God self. So the higher my vibrations go, the more I experience this transcendent light into my life and my burdens become less heavy on my, my chest, on uh, less weight on my, on, my, on my spirit and things flow with much more order out of my life. So I'll send my vibrations to you so you can have a lot more positivity in your life. I find completeness, I find wholeness, ultimately within myself through my own vibes. That's essentially my understanding. I could be incorrect because I'm still learning about this. I'm still studying it. But that's essentially what we're saying when we do good vibes is I produce these vibes within myself. My vibes catch the vibes of the universe. I through osmosis, get those vibes to you. And then as I'm in more alignment with the vibes and I'm more at peace, hopefully you could be that way as well. That is not Christianity. So I would rather send prayers. I'd rather say, hey, Mike, mm, I'm sorry that you're going through that suffering. I'm going to pray for you, that you experience the grace of the Holy Spirit to comfort you in this time, that you experience renewal through Jesus Christ, our Savior, through the blood of Christ, to heal you, to, to transform you, to perfect you over time, that you can experience the presence of the angels who are there to accompany you in your season of suffering. I will pray for you for whatever God's will is, because you know what? Um, prayers are powerful and that's something that God invites all of us to do like I'm participating in the power of God whenever I pray um, in union and communion with the body of Jesus Christ through through his church so there's just a difference between sending prayers all right God is in control I'm not and sending vibes which is like they're not they're not real so um yeah you can keep your vibes and send me your prayers uh, I would be more appreciative of that. So that's like why it's problematic. So the church has no specific teaching on vibes because like that's a new th newer thing. But uh, the church would say that like we don't believe that we're sufficient in and of ourselves. We don't have what it takes. We need God. We need we need God. Let's let's just need God, y'all. Let's just need Him and need Him. And so we're gonna go to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're gonna dive into our final question about uh, attending a non-Catholic wedding. Okay, here's the gut check right here, because if nothing changes, nothing changes. Do you want to be holy? And do you want to be an instrument of renewal in this world? And if so, do you believe it's possible? Do you know what it looks like? Do you know where to begin? Because if nothing changes, 
nothing changes. My name is Father Mark Mary. I'm a Franciscan friar of the Renewal, and I wrote a book called Habits for Holiness. And it pulls from over 800 years of Franciscan tradition, wisdom, and experience of radical and total discipleship in the midst of the world, but in a way which begins with little steps and works not only for religion, not only for priests, but for everybody. The change you desire is possible. The conversion you desire is possible. The renewal you desire is possible. The healing you desire is possible. And it begins with little steps. So to guide you on your way and to help you make the next best step of renewal in your life, I'd invite you to pick up a copy of my book, Habits for Holiness. God bless you. All right, this comes in from Anonymous. Uh, it's about non-Catholic weddings. My sister, who has fallen away from the Catholic faith, has asked me to be the maid of honor in her wedding, which won't be at a church. Her fiancé and her live together, which she knows I do not condone. We're still good friends and we love each other, but we know we don't always agree. I know God has placed her and her fiancé together for a reason, and I pray for their conversion. The question is, is it morally acceptable for me to be in her wedding party, although it is not a Catholic wedding? Is being a part of their wedding showing that I approve of this union? Thank you for any feedback you may have. Yeah, Anonymous said, this is a great question and uh, it's a difficult one, um, but this is whenever we're called to be demands, like we're called to be disciples. Um, and this is where the demands of discipleship become real for all of us. So to be her maid of honor, to be in the wedding party would be you saying, I approve. I approve of you getting married outside of the church. By her getting married to the church, it's not a sacrament. Therefore, it's like living in, in, in sin. Like, and obviously, she's already living with him. So I recognize that you have already acknowledged that you don't condone that, you don't agree with it. But I think that, and you, I, would, I encourage you to talk to your, your, your priest about this, your own pastor. But I, I'm of the belief that if you were to be her maid of honor, you would be saying, I condone this wedding. I support this. I'm a witness to this. You, you, you signed the document. You signed the, her um the license as a witness. So you're like saying, I support this, this relationship and the things that are going to happen in this relationship, which include, uh, you know, sex out of marriage. And so that would be, um, not good. So I think that I encourage you to pray for her, to fast for her, to let her know that you love her, uh, and that you, you want to, to be there for her throughout the rest of her life. But to also acknowledge that like you being a witness to put you in a position with the most important person in your life, and that's God. And, and so you, you can't, uh, in, in good conscience, be the maid of honor at, at a, at a wedding. Again, if she were, were married non-Catholic and they want to get married outside of a Catholic building, like they could, again, go through marriage prep, talk to the priest about it, get dispensations that are appropriate dispensations. Um, and so like that could happen, but for her, if she just got married outside the church and wanted you to be the witness of it, standing in the you know altar or wherever you're stand, I, I just... I don't think that that's the best thing to do. I would encourage you to talk to your pastor about it as well. But that, that's what my advice would be to not be the, the maid of honor, um, to not be the maid of honor in her in her wedding, to encourage her to just give the church a shot. Like, please just like talk to our, our priest and see what they can do, how they can accompany you. Because with every sacrament, there's grace. And there's so much grace that God wants to give your sister and this guy that she's been together with for a while um, that they're not going to be able to receive if they choose to do things their own way and not the way that God is inviting them to do in the church. So I know that's a difficult answer and uh, not a popular one, but you're asking me, you're asking Father Josh, that's what I'm sharing. Um, so, but I will pray for you. I'll pray for that conversation, however it goes. 
your discernment and I would encourage you to go to your pastor and talk to him about it to see what he says as far as like how you can best accompany her. What options are there for you um, if you do so choose not to be her maid of honor and and send me some more feedback so we can keep the conversation going. So that's that. Let's go ahead and pray. In the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. God, we know that nothing is impossible for you and we trust in you. And so I ask that right now, you um, you surprise us. You surprise us and that you speak to us in a way that we can perceive as we receive your grace, uh, that we could respond to the word that we perceive from you so that we can not only become saints, but help to form saints in our walk toward eternity. We ask this prayer uh, through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed Cyprian, pray for us. St. Peter, pray for us. St. Josephine Bakita, pray for us. Amen. All right, y'all. See you next week.